Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We pray to our Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, with the intercession of our most blessed Mother Mary. I pray for a wonderful podcast, and that the Holy Spirit lead us where the conversation needs to go in order to best glorify Him. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Excited today to have a local superstar. I'm going to call her a superstar. She's a YouTuber. Uh, she's, a, she's, a, she's a fellow Cougar uh, graduate. But welcome to the show, Miss Colleen Keefall. Hi, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I don't know if you could call me a YouTuber. I have like one or two videos. It counts. On, That's on all you need. YouTube you just need channel. one, and, and you're on. Uh, so um, Colleen reached out to us through our Facebook page, I believe, and mm-hmm. um, just has a great story. And uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. We'll we'll turn it over to her. But tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, like he like he said, I am. My name is Colleen. And I am a parishioner over at Sacred Heart Catholic Church. I am a stay-at-home wife and mother of two beautiful little toddlers. One of my children, my youngest, her name is Grace. She's currently 19 months old, but she has a couple of very rare conditions, one of which is called infantile spasms, and the other is tuberous sclerosis complex. And there's a couple of stories that just come with this, but God has just been with us every step of the way as we have been on this medical journey with my daughter Grace and it has been a um a crazy roller coaster ride and we've witnessed so many tiny little miracles in on the process of getting her through and getting her treatment and getting her diagnosed and it's just been amazing just to see how God never abandons you in the middle of the hardest parts of your life he's always there and it's just really an inspiration to see how much God is working. You inspired me. I was watching uh, some of your YouTube videos when you were uh, so bravely driving around Lafayette and doing a, po- a podcast <laughs> YouTube video at the same time. That's dangerous. But uh, but I, uh, I you know I was touched because I feel like um, you want to share your story for sure. I could mm-hmm. I could see that, but also I think you, you know you want others to realize they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. It, it, Expound a little bit about what inspired you to to get involved like you have. Um, So my daughter has been the the driving force behind all of this. So when she was, she's 19 months old now, but when she was five months old, up until that point for her, she had been kind of slow to develop and she hadn't really um, met a lot of milestones that the typical five-month-old baby should and so I was a little worried about that and I had taken my concerns to her pediatrician and we went and and she said well let's we can I had asked her to refer her to a neurologist so she did and though she said that she wasn't incredibly worried about it but she said we would refer her to a neurologist in Baton Rouge because we'd have a more likely chance of getting seen sooner there but uh, the hospital in Baton Rouge just kept on giving me the runaround and we were waiting for like a month and we weren't even able to make an appointment yet 
uh, because this or that hadn't been filed correctly with insurance or something. But a month went by, and now she is almost six months old, and we still haven't even made an appointment for her to see a neurologist. And she still hasn't been meeting these milestones, and she's actually started regressing. She suddenly, she's not laughing anymore. She's not smiling. She's not rolling over. And that really concerned me. That was kind of like a bit the beginning of a red flag. And then she started doing these really weird arm motions where her arms would just like shoot up in the air. And um, and when you looked at her, she'd do it over and over again. Like every few seconds, her arms would just shoot up in the air. And she she was herself surprised by this. And she wasn't happy. She would be crying. And she started crying this brand new cry that was very clearly a, a pain and surprise cry. And, you know, my mom instinct uh, just started going off. And I showed it to, I showed what she was doing to my husband and my dad. And um, they didn't really think too much of it. But then I showed it to my mom. And she was like, no, that's not right. We're, that's not, she shouldn't be doing that. So I grabbed my husband, grabbed my daughter, said, we're going to the ER right now. So, uh, and then we spent like five or six hours in the hospital at the ER and they took chest x-rays and blood work and basically sent us home and told us that she was being fuzzy. That's never a good experience. Yeah. Right? I've, I've had many <laughs> ER experiences here and no matter what, but in Lafayette, and it's not a, a knock on the ER people, but it's no. never a good experience. No, it's not. And at no point did anyone from the ER suggest that what she was doing could be neurological or anything like that. No one even explored that avenue. Um, but the next day... She, I had started texting some girlfriends of mine who, and just telling them, you know, we went to the ER last night. You're not going to believe what happened, you know. And I started describing these arm motions that my daughter was doing. And one of my friends, her name is Bess, she sent me a video of another baby doing these exact same arm motions. And the baby in the video had something called infantile spasms. And I had never heard of that, didn't know what it was, but I got on Google, and Google told me that it was a very rare and very serious form of epilepsy found in young children, and it needs to be treated immediately and aggressively, and it can be very dangerous for children. And so, and it also told me that the only way to really diagnose it is to get an EEG done on your child to recognize that there are seizures happening. So I immediately got on the phone with her pediatrician, and I said that I think my daughter's having infantile spasms. She needs an EEG today. And they put me on hold. Uh, nice. <laughs> and they came back and they said, well, I see you've got a referral already on file. Let's just keep the appointment that you were supposed to make with the other hospital. And I said, nope, you don't get it. I've been trying to make an appointment over there for a month. They still haven't even made an appointment. I don't want to go there. And she needs an EEG today. And so they put me on hold again. Uh, and he came back and they said, okay, well, if you want to get an appointment, if you want to get an EEG here, we can put you on the roster, but you're not going to get seen for at least a month. And at that point I was like, okay, darling, I hear what you're saying and I understand what you're saying. Now I need you to hear and understand me. My daughter needs an EEG today. And they wow. put, they put me on hold again. <laughs> so, and I told him that I was not getting off the phone until she had an EEG scheduled for today. <laughs> and, um... They finally came back. I guess the lady that I'd been talking to finally went and actually talked to her pediatrician who was seeing patients. And um, she, they came back and they said, okay, we can schedule you for an emergency EEG for tomorrow. And I said, okay, we'll wait until tomorrow. And so that gave me about 24 hours to 
search everything I could on Google and pretty much freak out about what was going on with her and just be praying to God, please let me be wrong. So we went the next day to the hospital and my brother, my brother, well, my husband stayed in the waiting room with our son, who at the time was not even two years old. So I went in with Gracie and it was this really sweet, wonderful EEG technician who, uh, you know, had to hook Gracie up to the to the machine. There are all these wires and stuff on her head that they had to put on. And within a minute of being hooked up to the machine, this lady starts texting like crazy on her phone. And, like, she's got a very concerned look on her face. And I ask her, is everything okay? And I'm holding my daughter, trying to get her to go to sleep, and I'm laying down on this hospital bed. So I'm basically not allowed to move because to, to keep the test going. But I ask her, is everything okay? And she looks at me and she says, I am not supposed to tell you this because I am not the neurologist Mm -hmm. and I am not qualified to make a diagnosis. But I know that if that was my daughter laying right there, I'd want to know your daughter has infantile spasms. Wow. And so, you know, at that moment, I'm just like, you know, the world kind of closes in for a little bit. And I just start crying on that, on the hospital bed, trying to keep still so that my daughter doesn't wake up. And mm. they immediately admit us to the hospital, to back to the ER. And, and we end up staying in the hospital for three days and they do like a hundred tests. Is it somewhat of a relief that they diagnosed her? They <clears throat> Yes. So yes, it's a relief that they diagnosed her and that they were able to start treating her and, um, and, and to find out what was going on. And I'm so glad that we got her in mm-hmm. so quickly so that this wouldn't have kept on going on untreated. Right. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, but at the same time, I'm kind of just like, yeah. <laughs> does it have to be there at all? <laughs> like, right. Just, you know, praying like, you know, God, please let this, if it's, and, and I think I kind of went through a bargaining phase, you know, those, those stages of grief, like, you know, and bargaining is one of them. Just, okay, if it has to be this, then then don't let it be too bad. Let her, like, there are kids, there are stories out there of, of kids who have infantile spasms, and then they get it treated, and then they're fine, and, and nothing happens. There's a broad range. So I was just kind of, that was, that's what I was praying for at that point. And then a day into our hospital stay, they come back to us after the MRI, results came back and they said your daughter's brain doesn't look typical and what it looks like is it could possibly be something called tuberous sclerosis complex i had never heard of that so i got on google again and started looking that up and that is an even more rare genetic disorder and it is basically where you the 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 gene in your dna that is responsible for cellular growth is malfunctioning and so you start getting all of these random growths of cells all over your body, and it essentially amounts to you have all of these little tumors, these benign, non-cancerous tumors that show up everywhere in your body. They can be in your brain, on any of your vital organs, on your skin, anywhere. And the tumors themselves are not cancerous, so they aren't the problem. But depending on where they show up and how many there are and how big they are, they can cause real serious health complications and in my daughter's case she has some on her kidneys and um, in her eye and she's got at least 10 that we are able to identify in her brain Mm -hmm. and that's probably what caused the infantile spasms and so I'm just scared out of my mind freaking out and I've started when we got home from the hospital we I started texting friends letting them know what was happening and an old friend of mine who is, who is still very close and, and dear to me, we we used to, to 
lived together for college. She was an old roommate of mine from college. And she texts me and says, did you know that my sister, who I was also good friends with, but I had kind of lost track of her since college, did you know that my sister is the infantile spasms director of the Texas Children's Hospital in Houston? Say what? And that was, that was where, I forgot to say this before, the, the doctors at the hospital we were at, which is women's and children's, they referred us to Texas Children's Hospital. Wow. And then my, and then my friend texted me, did you know that my sister is the director of the infantile spasms mm. program at Texas Children's? So I had no idea that she was. I had no idea that that was going to happen. But uh, because of that, we were able to get Gracie seen in like a week and a half at Texas Children's, which was huge. And they told us that the medicine that she needed to be on wouldn't arrive for at least a week, so she'd have to go through another week of going through all of these seizures. But it arrived the day after we got home from the hospital. So everything, just tiny little miracles that just started happening. All these tiny little things that were just little graces and little mercies for us that just kind of drove home how present God was in all of that. We're loving your story. I um, want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics, and today's guest is Colleen Keefe Fall. She wrote a book recently called mm-hmm. God's Precious Gift, A Special uh, special Needs Child. Mm-hmm. You might know the name Keefe in the middle there. Uh, her her <laughs> father is Mr. Keefe, famous guy at St. Thomas More, very holy man and uh, someone we, we all respect and love so much. And you come off as being so joyful. And, uh, and, and, and just list, watching some of your, your videos, uh, so mature in your faith, uh, I listen to the things you say and, and the situation you're in. I don't think most people would react the way you have. But you got to give us some backstory as to how, you're been, how you've been able to navigate this. Well, I, you know, just growing up with my dad is a huge advantage there. <laughs> having, yeah. having such a strong faith background, being raised in such a strong Catholic family. So having that foundation there is crucial and also when I have every time I have been in very difficult life situations before this isn't this isn't the first I would definitely say it's the worst I've ever been in with my baby being uh, being sick is the worst I've ever had to deal with but um, I've been in crazy situations before where God has always shown up like I'm I have the faith there because he's he has proven himself to me not that he needs to, but uh, he has he has shown himself in my life to be just so present and to to never abandon to ba- abandon me or anyone I've ever I've ever encountered. They've always like he God has just always shown up. He's always there, and he's got an impeccable track record. So, <laughs> I love your faith. Thank you. It's so strong, and I know it sustains you. You know, and and I guess for me, like it's it's unfathomable to think of of a child that's sick and suffering, and your heart breaks. You know, and and then you know, and, and then you've been thrust into this situation, mm-hmm. and so my heart bleeds. You know, to be in that situation, it's just hard for me to even talk about it as unrelated as I am to your daughter. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, are you able at this point to know whether she's suffering or? She's yeah. not in any pain that we know of. She yeah. she is. It's now a little over a year later. She's definitely um, delayed in many mm-hmm. developmental areas, and she's scheduled to get evaluated next month. 
for autism. And even before the evaluation without a diagnosis, I'm 100% sure she has autism. Mm-hmm. She, um, but she is, she's a happy little girl. She's blossoming at her own pace. She's, you know, she, she can walk. She's, she laughs. She smiles now. She's very social. She'll come and she'll look into our eyes and she will play with us, which, you know, initially when we were in the hospital, I was honestly never sure if she'd be able to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we were in such a it was it's such a scary diagnosis, two diagnoses that we didn't know what her life was going to look like. Literally everything, nothing was a given anymore. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what she'd be able to do, what she'd be capable of, what she would grow into. And we've been given so many gifts that we were reminded of very, very um, painfully, that nothing is a given in this life, and God chooses to give us so many little things anyway. And that's kind of where the book that I wrote came from. I was praying, and, and yes, it's very hard. I'm very thankful for the faith that I have, but that doesn't mean that going through that wasn't excruciating sure. and very, very um, challenging. And it was in praying and wrestling with my daughter's diagnosis that the idea for this book kind of just came into my mind. And I literally kind of woke up in the middle of the night and went to my computer and I just started writing for like three hours. To And that was the start of this book. And basically, I think this was a little divinely inspired because I wasn't thinking what the answers to this was. But the book is basically the story of a mom and a dad who find out that their daughter has a difficult diagnosis. And they are worried when they hear this, and so they take it to prayer. And in the book, Jesus answers them. And they're praying, God, please fix my baby, which is what I was praying. And Jesus answers, fix your baby, but she's already exactly the way I chose to make her. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a little back and forth of, but the doctor says there's something wrong with her. And <laughs> Jesus asks them, do you think I make mistakes? And the answer is, is no, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but he kind of just, with all the loving patience in the world that you really need to be open to anything at that point in your life, when you're going through that, Jesus just walks them through this, this little girl, this child that I have given you, she, I've given her to you as a gift and I have given her to you the way that she is as a gift to you and on purpose. And she is going to be your path to heaven and this and i know that you're worried about what's going to happen to her but i am here with you in all of it and i have known that she was going to be yours long before you were even born and i have been preparing you to be her parents your entire life and i gave her to you because she needs exactly you as a parent to be what she needs and you are the only one capable of doing that and i know it's going to be there's going to be difficult times, but that's only going to make the good times even greater. And oh, what great times you're going to have. Because when you have a child who has a, a medical diagnosis, a delay or something, then all the little things become such huge things. All the little victories become such huge celebrations. And that's something I don't even think I realized at the time of writing this book. But that's that's basically the, the, the synopsis of the book, basically, is that God God gives these children as gifts, not as mistakes, not as oversights or as punishments or as burdens, but as gifts because it's in caring for them that we are made into saints. And they 
because of their special their their specialness, their path to heaven is going to be easier than most other people's path. The ones that they choose are or would have been. They're they're already so deeply, profoundly loved by God, and they are already so loved by us. They He loves them even more than we do as their parents, as their loved ones. That's that's huge. And so it just it's the book is a reminder that everything is done in love and that these children are loved by us and by God. You are amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. I asked the question earlier and I and I almost want to ask it again cuz man where does that come from and I already know the answer. There's only only God. <laughs> You know, but it's so profound what you're saying, and uh, and I noticed you kind of went out of your way to apply it to all parents with mm-hmm. with any type of uh, disability, with their child, right? Or it's not just special needs. No, right? it's anything. It's any. It could be any kind of a special need, any kind of a medical difficulty, or really just any child. Yeah, any child doesn't need to be a yeah. condition involved. My cousin has an office next to mine at work and I'm playing your YouTube video too loudly. And um, <laughs> she has a couple of kids and she's listening and they don't have any special needs. But but she's like, I need to listen to that. Girl. Who is that girl? <laughs> you know, she's like freaking out wanting to know like who I need to talk to her, you know, and I said, well, she wrote a book, you know, we, we need to get her your book. But so the book is God's Precious Gift, A Special Needs Child by Colleen Keefe Fall. It's beautifully illustrated. It's a children's book, but but I read, you know, she said it's for the adults too, right? I get oh, that it's totally. just as much yeah. for the adults as for the kids. Yeah, and so you're a real raging Cajun Catholic because you went to UL, and <laughs> I, I saw you took early childhood education, which is what my wife took as well. Oh. So we have that in common, but um, is that where you got the skills to write this book? Um. I would say that I had no skills to write this book. Yeah. <laughs> this was all, this was just an idea um, that just came to me one night. But I knew enough from my educational background to know that, you know, what kind of art would be needed and what be the most effective for kids. Mm-hmm. But no, I actually, you know what uh, did come in handy from my early childhood background, and this is not published or anything, but I have written... This, this is not my first book. Okay. I have written these, I have a, like a little series, I have like four of them, these black and white books, board books that are literally comprised of just black and white images, and they're faith-based. They're all about Jesus and, and, and child-friendly um, images. But So basically the point is, I know from my early childhood background yeah. that when a baby is born, they have horrible vision. They have they they can only see about a foot a foot and a half in front of them and they they cannot see they can't really focus on much and that terrible that that bad vision carries on for like at least the first year of life and so you go into all these kids bookstores and they've got all these beautiful bright bright color kids books and all these pastels and stuff and I'm just looking at them and I'm just like my kid can't see those no one's kid can see those because they have such terrible vision so. What they see best in is high contrast black and white images. And whenever babies are able to engage with those, it stimulates cognitive development and it increase, it speeds up the development of their eyes. And so I started looking. I'm, you know, a very strong Catholic woman. I wanted something Catholic for my kids to be looking at. Amen. And I found nothing. I scoured the internet looking for Catholic black and white uh, material for my children to engage with. And there, I don't think there is anything on the market. So I created these black and white board books. I wrote these, um, when my son was first born 
And so it's, it's, I'm probably could get a little more creative with the title, but it's Jesus, a black and white book. Saints, <laughs> saints, Keep a black, it simple. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I've got one on saints, a black and white book, uh, prayers, a black and white book. And there are these black and white pictures of Jesus, of the tomb that is empty of animals that Jesus, um, encountered during his life of, uh, sacraments of baptism and, and the Holy Spirit and, and just, you know, fake, very Catholic images that, these were the first things that my son really saw other than my face and my husband's face other than our faces these were the first images that my child was really able to engage with and um so that is what that was the benefit from my early education background and my faith combined and you haven't published these i haven't yet. Pu- so let's get on that well i would love to so here's the problem with that with the book you're holding in your hand god's, yep. god's precious gift that is a paperback book and it is there are print-on-demand services like Amazon that make that really easy to produce. But because my black and white books are meant for babies, they're much they're meant to be board books. And board books, you can't print on demand. Board books, you'd have to order hundreds or thousands at a time uh, in a, I think it's called offset order. Okay. And to order thousands of books at a time, A, you need thousands of dollars to do it up front all at once, and you need a place to store it. I had neither of those. <laughs> so, okay. so that was, those are my two dilemmas with getting those. So we need some help. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I was not planning to talk about Well, this maybe some of in. our listeners might want to help out. You oh. know, um, I think you, you, you're doing incredible, incredible God's work, and um, you really have inspired me today. I, I'm, I'm so, you're the ultimate mom. I need to say <laughs> that. Really. I need to say that. Um, and I come from a, a family of six boys, and I had a good mom myself, and, uh, but you're the ultimate mom. Oh. So tell me who did the illustrations. Um, this wonderful lady named Aisha Hader. She lives in the UK. Okay. She, um, so I, I didn't really know how to go about getting an illustrator, so I just did the, the simplest, most free thing I could think of. I went onto a Facebook group for children's book illustrators, mm-hmm. and I just posted on there, hey, I've got this budget, I've got this book that I need illustrated, is there anyone interested? And I got a few responses, but this was the one lady that I actually was able to talk to, and she said, you know what, I'm a Christian as well, and I would be honored wow. to do something that would honor Jesus. And it's Hater, H-A-I-D-E-R, not Hater. Oh, yes. Sorry. I don't want to be hating on her, but... Yeah. Uh, and she she did a fantastic job. Yeah, that's so awesome. So I mean, I have to know uh, we're just about out of time, but but give me a little sneak peek of what your prayer life looked like because you you're like blowing my mind. So what what does your daily prayer life look like? Oh, <laughs> um, my daily prayer life is I'm I find that my prayer often takes the form of creativity because like just yesterday I was at mass and I was praying somehow. I don't even honestly remember what the gospel was about, but somehow it got me thinking about just my yes with my child of, because I've been praying for my daughter to be healed. This is, she has a genetic disorder. It's not a disease. There's no cure. But so I've just been praying. The only person in this world that can really cure my daughter is God. There's no cure for it elsewhere. And so I've been praying for that and I've been praying and God has not seen fit to answer that prayer in the way that I have been asking him to. And so I just started praying, okay, so so what kind of faith, what are you asking of me? And so I started thinking, well, whose children in the Bible 
didn't, or who had to give up their children in the Bible? And my first thought was Abraham. He, he had to give up, or he had to be willing to give up Isaac. And okay, but God, you didn't actually ask him of that ultimately. So who did you? And so then I thought of Mary. Mm-hmm. And Mary, you said yes to do what God asked you of, and you said yes to give your child up, to allow your child to suffer. And that is what I have been really struggling with is that, okay, God, I can, I can say yes for me, but this isn't, this isn't, I don't want my child to hurt. I don't want my child to suffer. Well, who had to say yes for their child to suffer and, and accept that as God's will? Mary. And That's so, so I was just praying, God, give me the faith of Mary. Oh, you, you touched my heart today. You're an angel <laughs> from God. Thank you for being here today. Uh, again, the book is God's Precious Gift by Colleen Keefall. Get it on Amazon. And uh, thank you for being a, a guest. And know that you, you and your daughter, Grace, will be in my prayers. Thank you. All right. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Until next time, engage the Cajun Catholic in you. God bless. God bless.